There's trouble in the Big Easy. Chris Paul is out another six to eight weeks, and Kyrie Irving could play in Brooklyn soon. I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All NBA podcast. I have the two hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Feeling good. Feeling great. How are you? I'm doing good, man. John, how you living? Doing great. Missing my third brother here. Amen. Shout out to Sammy. Shout and out. You know, Zion Williamson, they left him out of an email. What? Basically urging the Pelicans fans to buy 2023-2024 season tickets. The email went like this. It said, quote, Led by head coach Willie Green and, and players Brandon Ingram, Jonas Valanciunas, and CJ McCollum, the Pelicans are building towards something special from across the street at Caesars Superdome. They left out a big name here. They left out they left out Zion. What do you guys think of this email that the Pelicans put out? Tell me you want to get rid of Zion without telling me you want to get rid of Zion. <laughs> right. I mean, it was to me it's clear as day. I think the the message is right there in your face that they don't see Zion as a future part of this team. And I, I honestly can't blame them. I mean, he's, you know, whether it's his fault or not, he's not in shape. He's obviously has some injury issues and he hasn't lived up to the hype, unfortunately. He is heck of a talent. I don't think anybody here would deny that, but I think the Pelicans have to try and move on. And to me, I feel like they have to try to trade him. Even though his value is, I mean, his value isn't great, obviously, because he hasn't played, he hasn't shown what he can do, or if he's even recovered from his injuries. He's obviously not in shape, but they obviously, with this message and with the sentiment, I think it's time to move on. I just don't know what they would get for him. Do you guys think that this is the end of the Zion era? I think it is. You know why? When I look at my two brothers here, RJ making it three, and Sammy, all four of you guys know that relationships, there's this one key word that we all think about, what, you know, that we share with our loved ones, which is trust, right? Trust, and the other key word is accommodation. Zion right. and the Pelicans do not have those two elements, you which are arguably the most important elements of any relationship. Yes, sir. Platonic or not platonic or loving, right? By them not including Zion on something simple like an email promotion, where you clearly have him still on the roster, showcases that they have zero faith in Zion or within themselves in helping the situation turn for the best. I mean, what the, it doesn't hurt trying to sell the product to the, to the public. Absolutely, He's, yeah. That, that's my thing, like, these marketing geniuses, they know what they're doing. They know that even sometimes you have to sell as many tickets as possible, like lifting the vaccine mandate for your prospective arenas. And I'm gonna have to stop you there, JJ, because you said marketing geniuses, but I'd have to argue. Have you seen some of these players or these teams' <laughs> Twitters? True. Have you seen some of their true. Twitters? True. They're, true. There's a lot of tone deaf 
and awful post. But Excuse go ahead. Sorry, no, no, no. You're me. you're absolutely right. Which I guess we could argue that the Pelicans as an organization are they to blame for this bad situation? The news just dropped today that Zion's camp has lost trust in David Griffin, and even JJ Redick has confirmed that. The GM of the Pelicans has lied to him before, but showing up to camp out of shape, not really being close to the team, your actions speak louder than words, Zion. Yeah, I I 100% agree. It's I don't think it's a failure on whoever the PR person is because it has to go through a crap ton of people right before this email is even sent out, and I think it's very deliberate. I think they left him off on purpose, and the thing that worries me is that, like, the reason why I'm not giving the PR people an excuse is because okay, we run our own Twitter. By the way, it's at Clinic All NBA for anyone that wants to go check it out. We run our own Twitter, and Sammy's missing today. I'm not gonna go out there and be like, look out for our next pod with me, RJ, JJ, and John, and just leave out Sammy. Right? Like, <laughs> you know what not, you're doing. Right? We're exactly. We're not yeah. going to do that. He's still part of the team, just like Zion is part of that team, and it doesn't make any sense. And it has to make you worry because Zion was Zion's family in 2020 wanted him out of New Orleans. It was reported that he was unhappy with how the organization is run, unhappy with Van Gundy. Van Gundy was eventually fired, but then they traded away JJ Redick, who was a part of that team. And apparently Zion's best relationship was JJ Redick. So he wasn't happy about that either. And now he just doesn't come in, like JJ was saying, he's out of shape. He hasn't played in a long time. It just seems like there's this really long, weird process. He's not talking to CJ McCollum until he was called, called out about it. Yeah. That's like a big deal, right? That's a huge deal, man. Oh my goodness. Like, you're just going to hit up the homie after yeah. you get called out by your friends. Like, hey, just talk yeah. to him, man. Like, That's you're, weird. You're forcing the relationship at that point. Yeah, the dynamic is really weird, man. I don't, I don't know. It's, It seems like it could be... It's not really that serious and they could repair it, but it's just awkward at this point, you know? Yeah, yeah awkward is definitely the thing. What do you guys think of, I think Sammy actually brought this up, was saying that he thinks Zion might be trying to make his way towards New York to play with RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish, who were his former teammates at Duke. It's definitely intriguing to me. I could I could see it happening. And Julius Randle, they would obviously tra- trade Randle, right? And maybe other pieces. I think so. He was, he did start his career playing next to Brandon Ingram in LA. So that would be kind of a reunion. I just don't know if the Knicks... Well, yeah, I don't know if the Knicks would do that. Just with the uncertainty with Zion right now. Yes, sir! I think the the Knicks, for argument's sake, would do it. Because they're the Knicks. (laughs) They're going to find a way (laughs) to mess it up. And to... Take that, Spike Lee. (laughs) It's a player's league. What we've seen the past few years is that the players, when they... Sorry, I have to talk smack, but when they cry and moan, they get their way. Yeah, I'm going to agree there. I'm going to move us on to our next topic here. Phoenix Suns star Chris Paul is to miss six to eight weeks with a right thumb injury. 
It was almost like a forgotten topic during the All-Star game because all the hoopla during the All-Star game. We have to talk about the impact for the Suns here. What do you guys think about this news? Chris Paul has been in MVP discussions because of the impact on the floor on defense and offense with the Suns. I think when you take out Chris Paul, people are scared that they're going to revert to the 32-33 game season, which was only two seasons ago. Right. So they have yet to prove if they could win without Chris Paul. And they, from what we've seen, it's concerning because Chris Paul has had history of getting injured. Obviously, he has a new health regimen. He hired LeBron's coaching team and nutrition team. And he's been pretty healthy for the most part, but maybe it's going to be the same old Chris Paul. Hopefully not, but we'll just see. And like John said, he predicted this in the beginning of the year. He said he needs to see evidence of Chris Paul and the Suns going far in the playoffs. And they haven't proved it yet, which is, I think, a fair, still a fair take. So I think, I don't know if it's going to affect them that much. I think they're obviously going to lose more games that they would, well, they would lose some games and that they would probably win if Chris Paul was playing. But they do have the best road record in the league at 23-5. and five. Yeah! And, you know, it's obviously the regular season, but if we're basing it off that record and their success on the road, I don't think it would be that crazy or that terrible if they were to miss, not get home court advantage uh, throughout the playoffs. Uh, it looks like the West, they're 49-10 and 10 currently. They are seven games ahead of the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And so I think it would take a lot for them to lose that spot in the West. So they're probably going to get home court advantage throughout the West. Now, the East, yeah, the East, the Bulls have 39 wins. So I, I don't even think it's going to matter that much in the short term because they're probably still going to get home court unless they have a complete collapse. And I don't see that happening with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and there's their reserves right I mean that would take a monumental collapse and I don't think Chris Paul I know he's good he's kind of the head of that the head of the snake of that team but I think Devin Booker is good enough to carry that team to at least 500 throughout the remainder of the of the season and that would should lock up the first seed should you know you, you say that it might not be that important. You think they have the number one seed locked, but I'm going to make a bold statement and say that I think the Warriors are actually going to surpass the Suns with the Chris Paul injury. And the reason why I'm going to say it is because the biggest difference between the Suns of the old and the Suns now, like JJ was saying, was Chris Paul. And if you don't have the floor general on the floor, like having someone to bring the team back in and reel them back in during really tough times to have a Chris Paul on the floor is super important. And the Warriors, they're going to get healthy. They're going to get Draymond Green back. And we know that a big reason for the Warriors having a slide is the absence of Draymond Green. And they're going to get Wiseman back. So it makes me kind of worry. And I I have a feeling that the Warriors are going to creep up on the Suns. You're fired. Um, And in case your ears are... 
And that's uh, that's an impartial <laughs> point of view, right? Yeah. Absolutely, 100% impartial. <laughs> All right, perfect. Just making sure. Our next topic here. Hold up. Hoops fans. The latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and up, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for the full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited, minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the TN red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888 888- 789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in New York call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 ESPN released their top 75 players ranked article and Here's how the order goes. Number one is Michael Jordan. Number two is LeBron James. Three, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Four, Magic Johnson. Five, Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Larry Bird, Tim Duncan, Oscar Robertson. And at number 10 is Kobe Bryant. A lot of people are taking issue with LeBron James being listed at number two. Do you guys think that this was properly rated? Yes. For... MJ over LeBron just because right. Michael Jordan when we talk about a top 75 list are we talking about just the game of basketball was it the sphere of influence while playing globally because if we're going to talk about all those elements as I think you should MJ will always surpass LeBron James undefeated into the finals has more chips is it always a top five defensive candidate plays balls out and it's MJ man everyone knows MJ whether you wear his kicks baby, baby. or you watch NBA do you think do you think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar should be right after LeBron James or do you think Kareem should be over LeBron James I think Kareem should be over LeBron James today and I think when it's all said and done, I LeBron's probably going to be higher higher than him. But Kareem's career, his accolades, and what he has accomplished is better than LeBron James. I think MVPs, he's comparable. He's up there. I think I don't know how many he has. He has a handful. He has five rings. He is known as one of the most dominant players with the, one, of, one of the most unguardable shots ever in the history of the game with the hook shot. This And... He was all. He was still an all-around player too, not just that. So, I think I'd have to put him above LeBron at this point. But LeBron's career is obviously not over. He still has a really good chance of surpassing Kareem in the most points scored ever in the regular season. So, there's still a lot of time for LeBron. And but as, as of today, I'd put Kareem over LeBron. 
Yeah, I, I think I would too. I mean, here's the resume. Six-time NBA champion, two times finals MVP, six times six-time MVP, and 19 All-Stars. I mean, the list goes on for Kareem. He was also like a social injustice like person, like spearheading that too. So if you want to talk about social impact, it was there. And then complete dominance. I mean, it just surprises me that LeBron James is up there. Can someone sort of defend LeBron James as number two? Sammy's not here, so no. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Ten straight uh, appearances in the finals, which is That's pretty true. impressive. And some of those teams, like the Cavs team, where Eric Snow was his second man in command. Oh, wee! I think you have to give him props for that. That's true. Um... Not to yeah, LeBron. Go ahead. That's a great point. Sorry, I was just gonna reply to your your point that it's a great point because LeBron has never really pay, played with somebody like Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. I know that they're they weren't in their. I don't think both of them were in their prime. I know Magic Kareem was kind of older, and then Magic came in. Obviously, was still dominant as a rookie, but. LeBron's never played with a top five player of all time. Or, you know, unarguably, Magic Johnson. So I think that's a, a point for LeBron being above Kareem. So this this list is very long. Do you guys have any other, other like, issues about this list that came out? Uh, I think we would all agree on this panel that Shaq should be top 10 yeah just because he was that much more dominant than some of the people here on the list to be quite frank for those that did watch Shaq like John who watched probably the majority of his games the NBA actually had to change the rules for Shaq and it used to be forced man-to-man for defense they implemented zone back because of Shaq. And in terms of te- technology, the NBA had to change their rims and backboards because of him. So it's like a multifaceted <laughs> effect from this one player. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a travesty Shaq's not in here. And I'll say a quick thing about it because JJ's right. I did watch a lot of the games, almost all of them, when he was playing with the Lakers. Is that there's two things. One is that he was fouled a lot more, almost crazy amount of times and it was never called because he's so big he was so large that hard fouls didn't look like actual fouls Mm -hmm. and I don't blame some of the refs because he was that big and that dominant the second point I'll make is that which may be blasphemous to some people but I truly there's a part of me that truly believes this that if Shaq had the work ethic of someone like Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan that he could arguably be the greatest of all time. He would have been arguably the greatest of all time. But he was, and I think he would be the first to admit it, he was lazy. Yeah, I think he did admit it. <laughs> he had uh, yeah. 7% body fat out of college, LSU. That's insane for his size. What? He Dude, was, those, no yeah. one talks about his speed as a big man. But Right, he was, he had unparalleled speed the rookie highlights look like a completely different person yeah right 
And it's it's a travesty he only has four rings. And then obviously it's a travesty Kobe only has five rings because, you know, they should have never broken up. If you want to talk about most dominant players in their time, especially in their position, I think it's a three-way tie. It's, it's Wilt and Bill Russell and then Shaq, right? I think all three of them need to be in the top 10. I know Shaq just missed it. He's number 11. Um... But anyway, I'm going to move us on from this topic, unless you guys want to talk about something else. Just really quickly. Uh, Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry, John. But Will, uh, Russell, Oscar Robertson, I just wanted to point out that that was before our time. So I can't really comment on those players. However, I understand why they're on the top of the list. But that was a different era of competition magic johnson larry bird and jordan made this sport global and when they made the sport global the competition opened up where everyone wanted to play basketball at that point so i think the competition we we have to think of who played who during that era and it's not that i would exclude them from the list but i would make a different list because of that yeah, um, that's a good point. And the one thing I'll say, obviously, I know, Ro, you had your warrior bias, so I'm going to throw in my Laker bias here. There you go. But I think a lot of people would agree with it. But I think Kobe's higher on this list. And the reason I say that is because I don't... I think people underestimate the kind of work ethic he really had and what he did to be to get to where he was. That he was not as skilled as almost maybe all of these guys on this list. He wasn't, he obviously had talent, but he worked probably harder than almost every guy on this list other than Michael Jordan. And his mentality alone, I think, is something that's not discussed enough. That is his obsession with the game and his reluctancy to do things outside of the game because he was so obsessed. He didn't go out and he didn't party, he didn't drink, which I'm sure all of these guys, I mean, there's stories about Magic Johnson in, in the Jordan documentary, right? about him going out and partying and there's an HBO documentary coming out about Magic Johnson and the Lakers, Showtime Lakers, which I'm sure is, I'm super excited to watch that by the way. But yeah, like Kobe was a guy who didn't want to do those things because he knew that it was going to take a toll on the actual game itself. And for me, that's the reason why I put Kobe up there because his mentality and his focus was just unparalleled. And you know, we were talking about this earlier, like before we started recording, we were talking about basement level players like in the NBA. Like Kobe Bryant's basement level players, like they were actually really good. They're still strong, they're still fast. It was a different game back in like the the 70s and 80s. And I want to say that Kobe Bryant besides Michael Jordan might have had the hardest time and the hardest competition like overall compared to the other people on this list. Well, and LeBron James right but anyway i'm gonna move us on to the next topic here kyrie irving the door is open the new york city mayor eric adams expressed optimism about eventually lifting the covid19 vaccine mandate so there's hope that kyrie irving might be able to play in home games what do you guys think of this news here i called it that's all I'll say for now. <laughs> Perfect. 
JJ, go ahead. At least... I want to hear what JJ has to say. Is he going to be happy that he could go into Whole Foods without a mask now? Yes, sir. I think so. I think so, right? <laughs> I mean, obviously, with him playing at home games, they don't have to worry about placing top four, which is a ridiculous thing to even think about in the first place. Because of what we talked about before, if they're, you know, within the seats of four through eight, he could play in yeah. all the games potentially, right? Right. But I think it's important to state that with everything that's going on with COVID, you could never predict what's going to happen. And it's just uncertainty that they're counting on. And it's not a good bet, I would say. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that it's a fluid situation, right? It, it, it could be great news at one point and it could just turn around and do a complete 180 but I think I had a feeling that this was going to happen especially once we started hearing about the some of the states already you know easing up on those mandates mm -hmm. and then we had Adam Silver make his comment about why it doesn't make sense to him why great point. home players can't play but road players can play great point and I think there's things that just start lining up. You obviously got the narrative, you have the pressure and from the commissioner. And I think it was just a matter of time. So we'll see if it sticks, like JJ said. So let's say that in like two weeks, the New York like mayor says that, you know, he, he does lift these protocols and Kyrie Irving does return. Do you think they become now the favorites in the Eastern Conference? Ooh. That's so, a I great mean, question. We're, we're dealing with the Bulls, the Heat, um, yeah. the Bucks, the no. 76ers. They're not the favorite. They got to beat the Bucks. Ooh. Yeah. You got to I feel like you got to give the Bucks. You got to They have to be the favorite, right? They are the defending champions and until proven otherwise. That's what they say, right? Yep. That's true. I mean, I don't know. The Bulls look pretty good. I don't know when Caruso's coming back, too. And DeRozan My is boy. on, like, an absolute tear. Yeah. So the Bulls, I don't know, man. The Bulls are kind of scary. Yeah, I think the, the, biggest, the biggest question mark, I would say, is Ben Simmons. Kyrie and KD, they've played together already. They know how to play together. They've added, obviously, Seth Curry and Andre Drummond and a few other pieces. But Ben Simmons is the big question mark and you know how he's gonna fit i think he'll fit seamlessly i think he fits what he does compliments Kyrie and kd but we know his playoff struggles mentally is he going to be able to step up when he's needed that's the big question mark to we me can, can you imagine if the nets and sixers meet that would be so glorious <laughs> and big time doc rivers does hack a Ben Simmons? Like, yeah. what's gonna change with Ben Simmons? And he knows that Philly fans are ruthless, which is one of the reasons why he left Philly in the first place. He claimed that the fans betrayed him. He's gonna go into an atmosphere that's that much crazier than it was when he was at Atlanta when he had that open dunk. Are you? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like. Philly's that much more crazier. They're gonna 
They're gonna ride him out there. I... Don't don't worry. He's uh he's been working out with Kyle Korver, so he's gonna be the next <laughs> best three point shooter in the league. I can't wait until Joel Embiid has like the ball in the block, and somehow he caught like Ben Simmons on a switch, and they are like banging down low. Like just seeing the defensive like prowess that like Ben Simmons has versus like the physicality of Joel Embiid, I kind of wonder how that's gonna turn out. Like I don't know if Joel or if Joel gets a dunk like over him, or if Ben Simmons gets a steal. On the other side of we the court, uh... that's less interesting. What? No, sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying on the other side of the court, it's less interesting because if Ben Simmons gets the ball and Joel Embiid is switched onto him, Joel's just gonna back up all the way underneath the hoop. How about if just let just let him shoot? Harden uh, gets ISOed on KD. One on one. That's just gonna like be that. fun, man. Yeah, you know? Yeah. As much as I love, I would love to see a Brooklyn and Sixers Eastern Conference Finals, which I think would be amazing. Imagine a Brooklyn and Phoenix Suns NBA Finals, where every time Ben Simmons or Devin Booker makes a shot, they pan the camera to. Kendall Jenner and see her reaction. <laughs> I like that. Let's, let's not, I don't like that. Let's not, that. please don't, please don't have that happen. Who's, who's winning in a seven game series between those two? Sixers Brooklyn and Nets. and Phoenix? Uh, Sixers and Nets. Oh. We're going to call our shot now. Maybe it'll happen. I'm going to go with the Nets. Ooh, the okay. Nets in How many games? Six. I want to say okay. Nets, but for argument's sake, I'll say Sixers. Ooh. There's already bad blood. KD and Embiid went at it the last game. Oh man, I can't wait. Yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Nets. I'm gonna say, man, you already said six. Um, I'll go Nets in five. Oh wow! And five games. The reason is because I've seen too many clips of Joel Embiid learning the step back from James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that crap at all. And he travels every he travels every time. Absolutely. That's actually all we have for tonight's pod. I'd like to thank you guys for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Thank you, everybody. John, thank you. Thank you. Best episode ever. Just kidding, Sammy. I love you. <laughs> And shout out to our video producer, RJ, and also Sammy, who's missing. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All MBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All MBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic All MBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you find your podcast. <laughs>